your writer's rock. This is our inaugural episode. My name is Katrina, and I'm a co-host and co-founder. Just to tell you a little bit about myself, I'm a local fantasy YA new adult author. I'm a freelance editor, a mother. I am, of course, a reader. I consider myself a tree hugger, social justice warrior, and I, of course, love all things that have to do with books. And I'm really stoked to get started. But first, I'll let you meet the other half to this duo. My name is Sheila. I am the sister to Katrina. I'm a local librarian, a lover of canines, coffee, beer, and books, of course. My favorite word is rigor mortis, not the meaning, just the sound, and I generally classify myself as a geek with dork tendencies. Our purpose is to give a voice to all our local writers, whether they are self-published, indie-published, or can claim the big five. That's right. We really want to highlight all the different authors living in the area, um, and it really got started when I was told by a nearby bookstore a couple years ago that they just couldn't carry all the local writers in Rochester. And I thought, why not? There's a lot of us. And I would love to go to a bookstore and see a bookshelf dedicated to all the diverse voices writing and living in the area. So merging at this idea with a podcast uh, came after my sister and I had a sort of short-lived YouTube show where we discussed book themes. And out of this came the idea of Rock Writes. And an idea was born. So the pace of the show is, you know, we'll have a little intro and then we'll we'll get into introduce our author and we'll get to know a little bit more about our author first about um, their writing life, their books, and then we're going to go into a series of questions that are a little more fun called the Quirky Cues. And we thought it would be fun to ask each other one of these each episode so you also get to know a little bit about us. So I'm going to kick it off and I'm going to ask Sheila, where would you go if you had a time machine? If I had a time machine, I wouldn't go anywhere except for back in my own life. I think uh, back to like, you know, the 15, 16 year old age where I could stay up all night reading and play video games and I didn't have any bills to worry about because mom took care of it. Uh, so yeah, I think that's what I would do. I think that I would not want to be a teenager again, <laughs> but I would love to read all day. Yeah. So I get you there. Um, <laughs> So, I have a question for you. Okay. What book world would you want to live in? Well, this is a hard one because I've read a lot of books with a lot of cool worlds. Um, so, I guess one of them would be, of course, and this is a pretty go-to for a lot of people, but Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> I, of course, would need to be a witch. Um, and I've always loved uh, Guy Gabriel Kay's Finover Tapestries. I don't know if I pronounced that right. So if anybody knows the correct pronunciation, let me know. Um, and I always really like that world. It, it goes between like a real world and then a fantasy world. And I always just like that setup. And then I've, I finally, I guess, I really, really have always loved Arthurian lore. And it's not necessarily like the original lore, but like all of it. And so I, I kind of envision myself being a priestess on the Isle of Avalon, maybe high priestess, commuting with the goddess. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to get into it. We debut our first author in a moment and we'll introduce her. She deals with female empowerment after divorce or suffering the loss of a significant other. Uh, I feel we like are impacted by divorce one way or another in today's society and I feel like our guest speaker has 
found that you don't need someone necessarily to find happiness and contentment in one's life. And I think she has a lot of good tips and how to help us deal with that. Definitely. And outside of divorce, I think we've all been alone or felt alone at some point or another in our lives. So I think this book could hit home with others as well. Are we ready? Yep. Okay. We'd like to welcome Gwen Volkers as our first local author guest. Hi, Gwen. Hi. How are you, Katrina? Welcome. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, Gwen is, as she says, been there. After struggling to regain her passion for life after divorce, Gwen decided to get going and create a new life. She is the founder and facilitator of Live Alone and Thrive, which are empowerment workshops for women. She is also a speaker, newspaper columnist, and now author. Her book, Alone and Content, was just released this year. Gwen currently lives with her dog, Scout, and runs her workshops in a bed and breakfast, all from her English cottage in nearby Menden. She's a super busy lady and also leads fitness classes and plays percussion for a local community band. If you'd like to know more about Gwen, you'll be able to read more at rockrights.com. So Sheila is going to kick off the questions, segueing into your book. So take it away, Sheila. Hi, Gwen. It definitely sounds like you made a full life for yourself. So tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about what you did once you start decided to start living again. Living living again and living alone on my own? Yeah. It's, yeah. Been, <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been an adventure. It's been great. Um, I've been a writer and a communications professional for most of my career. And it's been in the health and wellness field. And then I retired from the University of Rochester a couple of years ago. Um, I was uh, the director of health communications and outreach for the Center for Community Health. But now I'm in the second chapter of my life. I'm in, in semi-retirement. And so now I can devote myself full time to teaching my Live Alone and Thrive workshops um, and to writing about what it takes to live alone with success. And I feel very passionate about this. And so now I'm very busy promoting my book. And I continue to write my columns uh, for In Good Health, which is a regional health newspaper. Okay. So how did you, um, how did you start? How did you get the idea for the book? And how did it kind of culminate from your workshops? Well, first came my workshops. And then came my columns. And Wagner Dotto is the publisher and editor of the In Good Health newspaper. And he contacted me after he learned about my workshops. And he asked if I would be willing to write a monthly column about living alone. And I jumped at that opportunity. And so then fast forward 10 years, I have now over 100 columns to my name. And that's when I began to think about compiling them into, into a book. And Wagner was also very supportive, and he, and he was encouraging me to publish my work. And so he was, he was really the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> and I'm very grateful to him for, for his support and for his invitation to write, write the monthly columns. Yeah, that's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about the book? Yes, I'm happy to. It's a, it begins with a how content are you quiz. And it's a simple quiz. It's not a scientific quiz, but it's, it's an opportunity for people to kind of get a sense for where they are on the, on the continuum of contentment. 
And so there are a series of questions and then people can uh, rate themselves and identify where they might need a little bit of help and support. And then my book is, uh, is organized uh, in a series of chapters, each one dedicated to a particular challenge that I experienced when I lived, you know, when I was living alone uh, for the first time after my divorce. And so the chapters include coming into your own, overcoming challenges, designing a home sweet home, surviving the holidays and special occasions, exploring relationships and romance, and spreading your wings. And so there are about 25 essays in all, and each one is followed by a couple of thought-provoking questions. And these are intended to get people thinking about what they can do and in terms of taking some action uh, to help them live alone with more success. Okay. Um, I wanted to, I just, I know there's this cool little, uh, this neat little aspect of your story and how after the, your divorce, you know, you struggled with getting back into it. Um, and I know your mother told you something. Can you tell everybody what your, mo your mother kind of inspired you? Yes, for sure. So after my divorce, I um, I went into hiding. I really, I really became isolated, and I, I, I just hid in my work and in my apartment, and I kind of hid from myself. And um, I, my world became very, very small as a result of that. And. My mother was kind of seeing this descent, and maybe about two years after my divorce, she pulled me aside and 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 said, "Gwen, you know you've 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 got to get back into the swing of things. You get with the program, <laughs> honey." And she said, "Stop waiting for Prince Charming to come along and and rescue you. Um, go." Go create a wonderful, beautiful life on your own. And it was a very good message and an important one for, for me to hear. And I, I guess the timing was right because I, I heard what she had to say. And that was really a transition time for me. That's when I began to embrace this opportunity to create a wonderful life on my own. And um, and start to say yes to life and yes to opportunities and and so that's when I began my you know my work toward creating a wonderful life. Awesome! I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what obstacles did you have to overcome to write the book, or were there any? Yes, time. Time turned out to be the, the biggest obstacle I encountered. And you'd think that living alone would afford me all kinds of time. <laughs> but almost the reverse is true. You're busy. Because, yes, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on my own. I'm my sole supporter. I'm the chief cook and bottle washer. And, <laughs> and so I would sit down to begin to compile and edit my, my manuscript and then you know, there would be bills to pay and chores to do and fun to be had and friends were calling. And so I was distracted by all of the demands of my life. And so 
So time was my obstacle. Um, and I finally made the good decision to block out time every day to make progress on my book. And that's when it really became, began to come together for, for me. That's awesome, because I know I struggle with the same thing as finding the time to sit down <laughs> and do it. So I, uh, yes. <laughs> I get it. Always the challenge. <laughs> um, so what do you hope um, people will take away from your book? You know, what, what's the biggest impact you hope it will have on your readers? I really hope they'll be inspired and find a sympathetic friend in me. And um, ideally, I hope they come away with a new attitude and, and maybe even an enthusiasm for time alone. And whether they're divorced or widowed, I mean, this, this time in their lives could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to really get, get to know themselves all over again. Yeah. Um, and also to discover maybe a resilience in themselves that they didn't they didn't realize they had. I mean, I certain dis certainly discovered that in myself. I I realized when I put my mind to it that I could be very resourceful and I could make the best of this opportunity and create this better life. Um, and I've really learned that life can and does get better. And I would hope that everyone would come away with that, you know, with that beautiful new perspective after reading my book. Yeah, I feel like that that's a thing, like, if you, you have to be alone to understand that you can be alone and thrive. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It takes kind of sitting, sitting with oneself to get to know oneself all over again. And uh, it takes time and patience and it takes work and effort. Right. Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's next for Gwen? Do you have anything lined up? Well, I plan I, I plan on doing what I'm doing now, just more of it, writing and running my workshops. But I do have a, a, a little twist in mind. Um, I'm working now to create a one-day boot camp workshop as an option to my three-part series. And I... I um, I'm really excited about this because I think the boot camp might make it easier for more women to participate in the workshop. So I'm going to be offering the boot, the boot camp this spring. Oh, okay. And Neat. then, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm thrilled to be doing it. And um, if it's successful, I plan to take it on the road. And I want to offer it in conference settings in the region and then maybe take it more broadly than that. Oh, definitely let us know about that, and we'll plug it. <laughs> Good, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any more books on the horizon? Well, there may be there may be a, a a collection of new and more current essays as I you know as I continue to write for right. In Good Health. Um, I've also thought about interviewing women who live alone and sharing their stories and perspectives and lessons learned. And so that's also, you know, yeah. I've been thinking about, thinking about that probably as like well. That. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. And it, it would be very interesting and fun for me to conduct those interviews. Um, it's always inspiring for me to hear the stories of other women on their own. Yeah. Uh, I learn a lot from them. Um, I, I love the synergy that can happen, you know, between and among women who are trying to find their way forward. 
um, and, you know, on their own and, and, and really embrace their independence. Yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, so I think we've gotten through, um, we've, we've gotten to know Gwen a little bit, um, and uh, <laughs> we're going to go to know her really well with her quirky cues, which we're calling in honor <laughs> of mine and my sister's previous incarnation as host of a literary YouTube show. Um, give you a hint, it had the name Quirky in it, so, but we won't tell you the rest of the name of it. <laughs> um, so Sheila and I are going to kind of tag team this and alternate as we pick through our favorite questions, and Sheila's going to start with hers. Okay. Okay, so do you drink anything when you're writing? Coffee, tea, booze? I drink when I'm writing. I'm an early riser, so coffee is my beverage of choice when I write. <laughs> I get up around 5.30 a.m. every day, and I tiptoe out of my bedroom, uh, careful not to wake my puppy. Then I brew a cup of Starbucks French roast. That's my favorite. <laughs> and I settle down in front of my computer for about an hour or hour and a half of writing. Okay. I'm a coffee drinker, too. I think she lives, yeah. too. <laughs> um, all right. So what is your favorite genre to read and why? I love I love historical fiction. And um, I guess some people also call it history-rich fiction. Oh, I've never even um, heard that before. Yeah, it's, uh, for me, it it's... It deepens my appreciation and knowledge of a particular time in history that nonfiction um, doesn't quite do for me. I just, I love reading about sights and sounds and aromas and, and, and maybe even the flavors of a particular time and then have that all mixed in with people's stories and passions. It, for me, it makes the whole experience um, of of reading richer and more yeah. interesting so that that's why i just love that that genre um, have you ever read um miriam Manfredo grace she's from I seneca she's from seneca falls and she writes oh. historical fiction oh she does yeah <laughs> i i'm going to make a note of that thank you <laughs> you're welcome and i just i just finished rereading um all the lights we cannot see by anthony Doerr. And this is this is one of my favorite all-time books, and I would recommend it to all you know to all your listeners. Okay, I think I've heard of that one. People have been talking about it. Oh, it's beautiful, just beautiful. Okay, when you're writing, do you have a favorite font? I do. I'm pretty old school. Um, I like Times New Roman. It's my favorite font. It's like an old friend, right? Totally very agree. familiar. <laughs> and it's very easy to read. Plus, I love it in italics. It's just a beautiful font. My book is in Garamond, which is uh, which was recommended by my designer. And yeah. I like it. It's very similar to um, Times New Roman. Yeah. Just a, just a little rounder. Uh, um, it's, it's a little smaller profile, but also beautiful. I, I love how detailed your explanation was to this. Your response <laughs> was to the font. That's awesome. I always like, like I, I go through fonts. Like, I'm, I'm a font person. <laughs> so am I. Sheila I is, too. Them. We fight over fonts. <laughs> it makes a big difference, isn't it funny? It's, there, it's so aesthetic and facilitates reading or it can yep. kind of interfere with reading if it's yep. not exactly right. Yep, exactly. 
Okay, so do you have a motto or slogan for your life? I do, and it's one I included in my book. Um, it's The slogan is, build your home in your heart and be forever sheltered. That's beautiful. And I... I just love it. I, I, I've searched but have not been able to find the author. And, and so I'm going to adopt it for my own. <laughs> <laughs> but it really speaks about loving oneself and, and finding that strength and resilience and, and kind of peace and contentment within oneself. You know, as we all try, try to encounter and embrace whatever life offers up. But it's, oh, that's beautiful on its own. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Okay, so to go off yeah. of that, what okay. is a word you love? I just, I want to, I wrote about this because this, this is so important to me. I've, um, I love the word connection. It's my favorite. I feel that connections are so essential for life and for love, um, and also very, very essential for living alone with success. And so I talk a lot about connections in my book and, um, and remind people that living alone doesn't mean, doesn't mean being alone. Right. And, and quite the contrary, actually. Um, and I like to describe a perfect day for me because it includes lots of connections. I walk my dog with my sister, typically. I, I chat with friends by phone or email. You know, I, I go to band rehearsal or I go to the gym. I make sure every day includes, includes a, a meaningful connection yeah. for myself. And um, if nothing's on my calendar, I'm... I get out of the house. I run errands. I put myself with people. Um, and I just feel that that's so essential to lifting my spirits. Yeah. Um, and then a perfect day also includes connecting with myself. And so quiet time reading or writing is important for me. Um, I also use that time to, to plan and imagine my next solo adventure. <laughs> I love to travel, and I like to travel alone, and that's a way for me to stay connected with myself and, and to learn about myself and to challenge myself. I've always found it interesting when people like really just enjoy traveling alone. I have a girlfriend that does that. She just always goes places by herself. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. It is, I think it's a great way to, um, to build your confidence. And I always encourage women in my workshop to, to take a solo trip, even if it's just for a weekend or even just for an overnight, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're responsible for all your choices and all your decisions. And even if things don't go well, you will, you will find your way through that. And you can come back home, I mean, with a really a renewed, uh, a renewed sense of, of self and confidence and, um, you know, and kind of be tickled by your own ability to, to make your own choices and travel alone with success. That's great. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, to go off of that, I know for myself, I've, I've traveled with people before, and sometimes you kind of wish that you hadn't, you know, they, they, all have different, <laughs> they all have different interests, so you don't always get to, to see what you want to see when you're with other people. Yeah, I have too, okay. yeah, I traveled, had some bad experiences because of the people, maybe. Um, yes. So, <laughs> Yes, I'm sure we all have. I think many of your listeners uh, can relate to that. And so when you're on your own, certainly you're you're on your own timetable. And um, it can just be, it's so empowering. And um, that's what I love about it. Yeah. All right. Next one. If you could meet any writer, dead or alive, who would you meet? I'd like to meet two of my favorite columnists. Um, one is Frank Bruni, who writes op-ed pieces for the New York Times. I'm sure you're familiar with him. And the other is Connie Schultz. She's a syndicated columnist, and her pieces run in the Democrat and Chronicle. And they're both excellent writers and thinkers, and I would just love to, to, to meet them and talk with them in person. Um, it would be so interesting for me to hear how they got started and how their careers evolved. Um, I'd love to know what what inspires um, their columns and their subject matter. And I'm always curious to know how long it takes people to write a column, especially under deadline. I mean, I can I can take a while to write a, a column, and so I'm curious about the process other people go through. Yeah. And yeah, then definitely. also. I also love to, to talk to writers about uh, writer's block, if it occurs uh, in their lives and, and how they move through it, if, the, if they do uh, experience a writer's block. Yeah, I think most writers probably experience it at one point or another, where it's just because yeah. there's like so many definitions for writer's block. And um, I definitely, I know a lot of people and there's been huge discussions like, how do you get through it? And yeah. 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 I guess everyone has to find find their own path in that, right. in that regard. I always just need to walk away from yeah. my from from my computer and put myself in nature or put myself with people that just change my perspective, breathe, and then go back to my work. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got their methods. Yeah. All right. So I think we have time for one more question. Okay. Sheila, you want to do the last one? Sure. If you were to write a book about yourself, what would you name it? I did write a book about myself, and it's <laughs> called Alone and Content. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go with that. Yeah, no, I like it. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> um, so we would like to close out the podcast with a reading if you'd like to share with us some of your writing and just let us know where where it came from the passage you're reading okay this is a passage uh, from my book alone and content it's a couple paragraphs from an essay i wrote about building confidence and it it talks about the power of writing so i thought it might be of, of interest to uh to your listeners and so it begins my self-esteem took a real nosedive after my divorce. I felt exposed and embarrassed, as if my private failure at a relationship was somehow very public. And as I said earlier, I just wanted to hide. And 
self-confidence can get destroyed after a divorce, even if it's fairly um, amicable one. And regaining my confidence was a slow process and painful at times, but ultimately rewarding. And so the process of rebuilding my confidence started with baby steps. And while I'm a huge believer in positive thinking, I knew intuitively that I wouldn't be able to think myself into feeling better about myself. I realized it would take work to rebuild my confidence, one step and one success at a time. And that's when I discovered the incredible power of writing and of goal setting. So during those dark days following my divorce, I found that writing tasks down and checking them off helped me get through the day. At the time, because even simple things seemed insurmountable, my to-do list was pitifully basic. Get dressed, make my bed, water the plants, etc. I would add just one item at a time to my to-do list and then check it off. Versus making a long list to this um, long list to start, which would have completely overwhelmed me. And so remarkably and thankfully, this process of writing things down began, began to have a real and positive impact on my day and self-esteem. Committing things to writing seemed to have miraculous power. My to-do list motivated me, held me accountable, and enabled me to track my progress and success. And it didn't take long before one good day was followed by another and another, and it continued from there. My sense of accomplishment was as energizing as it was fulfilling, and I began to feel stronger and more self-assured. And so that's just, you know, you, you, could, you could edit that or shorten it, but that, I, I just wanted to put that forward as an option for you. No, it was wonderful by itself. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to shorten it. That's good. <laughs> All right, so we're going to end with you wrapping up um, just letting your, our listeners know what your like your website is and where they can find you. Okay, my website is is called aloneandcontent.com, and on that site they can learn a little bit more about me and uh, about my book and also about some upcoming book signings I have. And so, if people would like to meet and chat with me in person, I would love to see them at at a book signing. Oh, yeah, and if we ha if you have new ones coming up, we'll put them on our calendar, too. Okay, that would be great. I would be delighted. All right, thank you so much for coming on the show, Gwen. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. All right, thank you. It was great talking to you, Gwen. And that's it for this week's podcast edition of Rock Writes, where writers rock. You can hear more interviews and connect with us and other authors on our website, rockwrites.com. We hope you tune in bi-monthly and check out our next interview, Kimberly Gore, a local YA writer we are excited to talk to. Until next time, happy reading.